dogs in i guess uh, what's on. up fellas let it go let it go jellopodcast.com at jellopodcast on the twitter now that this bullshit's oh. out of the way i'm brian upshaw tk fussell tk fuss the infamous bobby brown that's right uh episode 41 part douche when you do a three-man pot you're gonna have a lot of material so i want to break it up you know, this song? Job. you know the song Bobby Brown? Damn right, Season the Witch, you know that. This is the song that they better call Saul left the season with. Yeah. On the yeah. way out the credits, they kind of let it, they let it roll. Where he said, I'm never passing up a dollar ever again. Uh, now, when I went to buy this song, mm-hmm. uh, they knew that that episode had aired, so when you go to iTunes to get it, it oh. goes, available only if you buy the entire yeah. album. Yeah. So I bought, the, I bought the live version, and really, I, I, I didn't mind buying the, the entire album. It was 8 bucks versus $1.30, but it's funny how they know. It's like velocity pricing. They yeah. know that okay. people are going to like it. Yep, yeah. yep, you yep. know, that was a pretty decent season from that show, but I feel like it was all or mostly set up. I feel like I do too. he's just getting to know where's his background, but now he's getting into some dangers. I like that, yeah. and I like that. I like that it's there's a progression to it. By the way, I would like to say that this song... Yeah. Is a song that I want to choke Feruza Balk to. Who is that? Feruza Balk was the crazy looking chick on the craft. <laughs> Still don't know what you're talking about. The craft? Is that a witch uh, show? Uh, uh, I cannot uh. wait to Google the living piss out of that one. <laughs> she, own, she owns a witchcraft store in like Hollywood or some shit like that. But okay. She has this smile that is uh, crazy Jokerish. She has a, uh, a sinful smile. Oh, yeah. a reality person oh, yeah. or a character on a drama? No, show? she's she's an actress. She's an actress. Oh, Fruza Balk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, I know you're already looking up Fruza Balk. <laughs> if you're not, get on it. Hey, Ty, I, I wanted to ask you about this. Um, you you did a little stand up. Not not recently, but you've done some stand up. I have some experience doing stand up. Now. I love going to see stand-up, not necessarily at like Cap City or, you know, like paying, but there's a couple of places. There's one on 183 in Olin, North Austin, uh-huh. and um, it's a kind of a English bar. It starts with the M. I can't remember the name of it, but on Wednesday nights, they have a, an open mic uh, stand-up. Right. And dude, everybody's super nervous, but they're fucking really funny. Like, they've got great material. Like, let me give you an example. I'm not bit surfing here, but this guy <laughs> came out. His first line was a horticultural reference. He goes, the wandering Jew plant is an aggressive plant species. Oh, <laughs> my God. I will laugh my ass it's off. It's not the... It's not the real name of that plant. It's called something. But everybody calls it a wandering Jew. Anyway, That's what my, it's called. Right. Yeah. That was the funny and the joke. And me and my friend just fell out. And a couple of people looked at us like we were dumbasses or something. But then, you know, he, some guy would come up and do five minutes and do the dumbest joke ever. Some guy across the room might fall out. He also experienced hecklers. So oh. tell me what your experience. How long ago was this? All right, this is a while back. I was in my young 20s. And um, not all, but most so of the... five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as an enormous compliment. Thank you very much. 
Um, uh, expensive skin creams hit. <laughs> you gotta moisturize. You have to. No crow's feet on this guy. You have to. You must. <sighs> Bathe in so, virgin um, blood. Mi- most of the, not all, yeah. but many of the things I'm proudest of the most was I was like forced into. Like people. Oh, somebody goaded you into say like, people, hey, go get up there and go do that. it. Like, you know, if, uh, you know, among friends like you guys. I love to jerk joke around. If you guys give me time, I'm, I'm happy to entertain you for hours at a time, or ten minutes at a time. But you don't so, strike um, me as the kind of person that needs the attention. And those are some of the funniest people. No, right, listen, I, I, I don't need it, and I'm a little quiet at first when you first meet me. But if I give me a chance, I'm going to take the floor and own it for a minute. Right. I think you may have experienced that once or twice. I think well. maybe. Where was your first? Uh, <laughs> like, where did they? Okay, so dig this. So I had some friends that were like, "You got to do comedy. You got to do it. You're the funniest person I know." Blah blah. So like, all right. There's a lot of there's a lot of difference between being funny and writing material. It's yeah, there's work. anecdotal humor, there's joke humor, there's yeah. So it's a lot of work. Sure. So anyways, these cats uh, talked me into it, and um, my first shot at it was in a comedy club on an open mic thing. Where here in Austin? Or no, no, here? this was in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay, it, but it was a dedicated comedy club. It was an open mic night. Okay. And um, I came up with 11 minutes of comedy. It took me a month to get That's there. a lot, really. Me I mean, it. And I'm testing it out on my... Is this funny? Is this funny? Tell me if this is funny. Are you kidding me? Is this no, true? You were checking with them work. as yeah. you... Oh, yeah. 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 Because like, if you're in a band, you're working off of each other, and you know you're making something that you could, you know if it's working. Well, you, you can't you know. stop. There's five of you but, doing but it. But so. you're up there alone. It's one thing joking, off with your, you know, joking around with your friends, and you say something that's funny in the moment. But if you're coming clean... On a clean story that nobody knows where you're going, you can still get a laugh. That, that's an achievement, right? So, so you I, I had prepped that. for it if you wrote 11 minutes worth of stuff. Well, it took me about 30 days to get there. And then I started opening for bands. So I wasn't doing you know, a lot that's of That's an unlikely combo, but it really does work. And it's been happening for years. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I to, remember when I, you, when I was younger going to see rock bands yeah. and a comedian was the first person that came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. You know? well, so go on. It was cool because it's on an environment that uh, necessarily people are expecting, but then you say something, and especially if you're a snide and absurd motherfucker like myself, it's kind yeah. of a natural environment. Yeah. Um, so I could open up for, for bands, but here's, you know, when I first started, and when I say I first started, it sounds like I did it a long time. <laughs> the problem with comedy, truthfully, and I'll get back to what I was going to say in a second, the problem is... To be successful, you use the same material over and over as you tour, and you can keep the same material for years. I played in two cities, and to me, I had to come up with new stuff. I wasn't going to repeat my stuff in the same city. Right. So that means I have to work my ass off, and then I'm really... Writing is hard. Really on. I'm really bugging my... Is this funny? Let me tell you my new one. They were, you know, they they accommodated me, but... um. You know, I finally faded out because it was just a lot of work, and I knew that wasn't going to be my career path at the time. But I had a blast doing it. The funny thing is, when you you're doing it, you, you totally you see this one coming. But you do your set; everybody loves it. You get all the thank yous and the pats on the back at the end, and then guess what they do after that? What? They want to tell you a joke. Oh, of course. I've heard of this course. from multiple comedians. Yeah. Like they have to. I liked you a lot. Let me tell you my favorite joke, and of course, you know, it's awful, terrible joke, and terrible you just, joke. You right. just tune out, and you don't want to hear it. Like I just got done with this. You know, suck my dick. Right. I don't want you, you could congratulate me and talk to me about how great I am, but I don't want to hear your joke right now. You know, and you can use it. They always say that too. It would be the equivalent of you can uh, use that. Yeah, okay, I'll get right on it. Like I, that was a really good dinner, chef. Um, uh, let me borrow one of those steaks. Let me cook. <laughs> let me right. show you how That's I've exactly seen. Right. Say, see, it's funny because I hold a different opinion. I 
feel like writing is easier than performing. I could never see myself ever performing. I've written stuff for people before, but I could, I don't ever see myself ever getting in front of. You're not confident of, in your timing. No, Did you see no, that, no that, there, there's no way I could get up in front of a crowd of people. I, I, I don't you see think that I'm, documentary comedian. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. So even the best, right. even the best Jerry Seinfeld, you got to go back, you test it out just because you can write it. And it's funny to you. doesn't mean it's going to work a room. Right. Right. So you, and I agree it is easier to write it and it takes something different. I feel like when I write, when I write things, it is, it goes off so much easier at least for me, but like the three people that I've written stuff for before, they have told me that writing is harder for them. It's almost like when that you're writing, you're projecting somebody else's voice saying it. You know what? I can there. actually, yeah, and and I will say let me, this let me in writing, you why that is. I I can hear them in me. That's that's exactly the whole in this in this theory. Not not that you're wrong, but the thing is, you're writing. For someone else to perform. Yep. Right. The hard part is to write it for, for yourself, yourself to perform. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're the one that's going to look like an idiot. You're yeah. the one that's going to fall and fail. Uh, you can write something for somebody else and maybe they'll accept what you wrote. Maybe it'll work for them. Maybe they won't. Right. They're probably not taking all your material. But when you're writing for yourself, it's all yours and you want to test it. You're nervous. You want to be good. You want to put on a good show. Right. How, if you had to quantify, this is not in any way quantifying your ability, but how many dollars have you made doing stand-up <laughs> nine nine <laughs> bucks okay. i have no idea no i made more than that even an open mic i think i got like 50 you know okay um and that's you know 1990 91 so now nowadays yeah. i'm talking three four thousand right <laughs> um no i, I never thought Did of it you? i didn't do it for money i knew it wasn't a career for me and Did that you? was the 90s were a like huge early 90s were comic oh that was yeah, comic gold yeah that was a big time they started you know. doing Specials, comedy, Central came into right. play. Yeah, half hour comedy hour on MTV. Right. Everybody thought they were funny. Sniglets. could get a show somewhere. Yeah. Oh, Sniglets. did you say Sniglets? Sniglets. <laughs> did you, um, have you ever been heckled? Um, not really. Not really. A little bit. Some of the cats I was testing off my uh, material with would like throw out my fucking punchline before I got to it. Dicks. Oh, they knew your jokes. But then I knew them and I could trash talk them right immediately I could talk about their most embarrassing private secret right in front of them yeah I, I heard um, but I didn't get it from strangers and I, and I didn't have all that big big game so on that nobody front. cornered you to, to, to where you were nervous enough to like just drop the mic and get you know I out. wasn't like um, a famous comedian who was people were waiting out there to shit on me people were excited right. to see me do it right they were just ready for the show to start I heard, <laughs> that too, right? I heard a comedian say that one of the best ways to, to diffuse that is uh, when somebody heckles you because really that person's trying to get attention for themselves and, and take away from your show. The thing is, nobody else in the audience can really hear them except for the person that's within a six-foot radius of them. Mm -hmm. So you can take it, whatever you can they say or, or and, and turn it into something. What? You like cock? This uh, guy likes cock. You, know, and, and, <laughs> you can say anything. Yeah, you yeah. can say yeah. I, If you ever have like because an hour free, go on YouTube and just watch famous comedians destroy hecklers. Listen, if you're in a room and you're making people laugh, they want to see you succeed. You're a hero. But they don't You're a want to see hero. you fail. They don't want to see. They don't want the other guy to win. Now, if you suck, they totally want the other guy to win. Yeah, they'll pile out. out. Yeah. But they're, they're all, they got your back, and anything you say, pretty much, unless you blow it, you're gonna, you yeah. all right. Did you ever do any comedy as a team with somebody else, like Sklar Brothers or Abbott and Costello? Like, <laughs> I actually worked with Abbott and Costello. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, old school. 
Um, I've done some. On first? I've done some uh, improv things that you could find on uh, YouTube and so forth, and, and that's great. Um, and I did. I took some comedy and improv classes, you know, in college. And you did improv there. theater stuff too. A little bit. That's not my thing, but yeah, I did improv theater. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I love hear, that. I love yeah, you know, the hardest thing you. about yeah. doing improv theater is when you go to improv theater and you what? can't be up there, you know, smart enough and wisecracking with those cats. That's so hard for me. Why can't you do that? Because comedians got to have that attention, man. You got to be the center point. Instead, of yeah, attention. instead of being an individual, you have to be a team player. In well, the, I'm just saying, if I'm watching it, right, it's torture. I want to be oh, up there on stage. Oh, okay. I see. Um, I heard one of the biggest things you can use when you're doing um, improv is the yes and thing. So whatever, some tangential thing somebody goes on, you go yes and. So you kind of just, just grab onto that. Just feed off and, of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of keeps the improv thing going. Yeah, the trick is to not go with that and to come up oh, with, to, and to disagree. Yes and, well, and then you take it to a new, new uh, angle. Uh, Got it. Got it. Could never do that. Did you ever... Book a show with the express intent of performing there, or was it only open mic? Well, well I did. Oh, I opened for bands a lot, but I never did like a headlining show or anything like that. Were they regional bands? Yeah. Well, yeah, they were. Reg- these cats knew me. What? Uh, what region was this? This was well, mostly in Knoxville, Tennessee, a little bit in New Orleans. Gotcha. I'm not putting you on Front Street. I'm just curious. You also performed in bands. Yeah, quite a bit. You're yeah. a drummer. That's true. Hit the skins. Why are why is this a tie interview suddenly? How uh, because you're a guest on the show. Yeah, yeah. How um, do you want to? J- we we can shift gears and talk about Bob's balls some more. But we, oh, yeah. we've already uh, said I'm that. I'm more than happy to talk about That's my balls. He has fantastic. Um, they're gorgeous. Spherical. They're gorgeous. Spherical. <laughs> like a couple of ripe plums. Scientists calibrate their instruments by my balls. I'll leave you alone in a minute. I, I'm just curious, honestly. No, I seriously I don't mind. Let's talk. To, let's talk about me. I will say this. I think he's so curious because I think Upshaw wants to do it. I think that Upshaw wants to. to I think he wants, and uh, from, uh, and I think I've I've told you this before. Uh, uh, I've always thought that Upshaw would do fantastic on stage. But I'm, I've but always I'm a band that. guy too. I mean, I, I like playing in a band a lot better. I mean, because there's, if you duff a note, you'll get covered up in about thirty. <laughs> you know what? There's a there's a thing going around in, in a lot of a lot of towns in this country. And Rob, you and I know a guy that does this: the mortified shows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that, a that what's is, a mortified show? You oh, get on stage alone with the spotlight. Okay. And you talk about either the biggest mistakes you ever made, the most embarrassing thing you, you ever. You did. read from your diary. The you things you don't want to tell journal. anybody. Yeah. Your most okay. Ho- it's self-effacing. It's, uh, it's really it's good, and you've seen them. It's brilliant. They're it's a great premise, and now they do them. I think it started in San Francisco or something Morti- like that. What's it called? Morti- I found Mortified. out it. I found out about it here through our, our mutual friend. Yeah, that that I did too, and that mutual friend I've asked to be here many damn times. That guy is hilarious. He's amazing. What's yeah. his, his name? His name is Spencer. Okay. Spencer. And he's he's fantastic. Well, let's prop him up. Does he? Yeah, Spencer Daniels. He does. Uh, he does some comedy around town. Okay. He is everybody um, who's listening, find him on you, uh, Facebook. You should find him up. You his Facebook post. He is hilarious. He is. He should be a lot more popular than what he is. And he is he's got brilliant. that magical. I kind of, I'm a loser type of thing. So his his I haven't seen his mortified, but it must be fantastic. Oh, it's it, yeah. I've seen his mortified now three times. Well, we talked about this before. There, there's that self-effacing thing, but there's also that charisma thing. Some fucking people just goddamn have it. He's, have he's it. got it. Yeah. But he the reason I brought like it up it, is that so. I thought about it a lot. 
I don't think I could do it. I'm sure I'm ready to expose Mortified all that. is a rough situation. And the way, the ability like that those self-roast. people. It is like, a, I, that is a very good description. It is like a self-roast. It, they are, they're basically reading from their diaries in elementary, middle school, and high school. <laughs> and I didn't keep a journal. I never kept a diary. I mean, I did a lot of writing and stuff like that, but... Not that when there's any you rules to it. You don't it. have to be reading from a diary, right? right? It's just your recollection of stupid shit you did, things you hate yourself about. Right. And when you go see them, you are amazed at the level in which you are able to be humble in the age you are now. Because you're I mean, thinking, I've done a lot of stupid shit. I've right. said some horrible things. Right. I can't believe these guys are shit. admitting it. I had cornrows. Yeah. I had cornrows at one time. I mean, shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why you did know, you just shit. tell us that? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, mean, like, you know, I, I wore Jabot overalls with a derby at one time and no shirt. I mean, you know, but you have to, you're right, you have to be comfortable in that up on stage in front of people. And Spencer is a prime example. He is so comfortable in doing that. Mm-hmm. It's it it's it's kind of it's inspiring. It's not just funny, but it's inspiring that you can look back yeah. on your younger age. Now, see, and, see if you agree with this, Robert. I think the trick to it isn't just talking about the horrible shit you did. It's how you thought about yourself it's all about the self-deprecation in your yeah, mind you, you gotta be what honest you describe about like your mistake and, and how, how much of a loser you are and how much you hate yourself because the thing is that comedy they really is based too. on how we are we're all we all make the same kinds of right. mistakes we're yeah. human right. um, but to be able to expose yourself like that but then to, the trick is to yeah and then to delve into what's why that you the, isn't there, there's a quote about comedy and tragedy you know being so closely interti- intertwined comedy is only and about pain and the, it really it <laughs> yeah, truly not- is it truly is you know um uh what is it uh, like solutions are a comedian you ever seen enemy, you, know? you know america's funniest videos right. people getting racked in the balls and breaking their neck on a trampoline is Fucking hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> yeah it- that's family fun. That's a family <laughs> entertainment show that's been on for 20 some odd years. And it's all about watching people get seriously hurt. Yeah, get hurt. Get hurt. And um, Yeah, they encapsulated all of that in one movie. When the cat's movie. tail is on fire, that's great. <laughs> it's called Idiocracy. <laughs> so what do you think, Upshaw? You think you could ever do a stand-up? No, that's not my thing. Um, I, I really admire people that do it. And I think, you know, it, that's something... Sometimes you just admire... Like people that do stuff because you you're like damn that would be really tough for me to do you know whatever I See, still like we, bands I, let's just all right, let's all right just, we up. have a friend we have a friend who I think would be fantastic at stand up uh, who's that so the listener knows Will Bailey he'll never do it but he would no. he would his uh, dry delivery oh it would, would be, be fantastic all right be time amazing. out time out okay okay anybody who's still listening mm-hmm. write this down okay next week when we do this show mm-hmm. yeah comedy. All the way through. <laughs> Good luck on We're that. We're going to do comedy. Brian's going to rock some of his new material. He's got one week to do it. Okay, if we do that, then we have to deadpan it. If somebody makes a joke, nobody can laugh. Disagree. You realize how fucking hard that is. No, no, no. That's not going to work for the fans, man. They need to. They need a prompt. <laughs> you need a laugh. You expect bringing some <sighs> laugh tracks. All Boom. Right. Right. 41. I'm Episode no, 41. I'm the no fun guy. I'm going to facilitate this. Um, I want to jump out here. 50 Cent, by the way. I know this is completely he's tangential. He's not funny. <laughs> he, no, he's not. Because he's hard as uh. shit. Um, he's got a lot of good shit. This one I stumbled across called Window Shopper. When I come back, <gasps> though, I want to I talk about 
because we always talk about music on the Jello podcast. Right. Your experience with touring and all that stuff. I, I, there's a ton of upside. <laughs> there's a ton of downside. And I'll bet that the downside is the same downside that I've heard. Yeah, from we've all well, we've all yeah. done touring. So yeah, we've Power all, Burn for all, you yeah. and some bands from you. So uh, we'll be back in a minute. All right. Hey guys. Mm-hmm. Still one of my all-time favorites this week. Inexplicably. Ty, you're still in the hot seat, okay? <laughs> so you were you were a regional a regional touring musician. I would yeah, that'd probably be about right. Did you have any other jobs or did you make that your job for a time? There's no such thing. Yeah, a, yeah, it doesn't pay that well. You don't. No, it's hard it to live off yeah, We've all done then, regional touring. It doesn't pay that yeah. well. Uh, if you tour and break even, if you make zero dollars, success. Yeah, really. I mean, the funny thing is, bands put 
the least amount of time into selling merch, but it, it, it really makes as much as the fucking pay on it the really Nowadays, does, yeah. today, now when we did it, well, we didn't make any money on records either, but back in then you could make money on music. Now it's free, right? Everybody takes it. Right. You steal yeah. it. So you got merch. That's basically well, you it. make money on the printed panties and the tank tops the and the shirts yeah, and the I mean, posters. Make a cool logo on yeah. something and, and, yeah. and people are Many years it, of right. rock and roll met and, and close friends with a lot of successful rock guys. People who we would quantify, qualify as successful. Right. Nowadays, I got friends that are cracking great friends. Well, some of them are number one, this and that, and they're making some money, but some of my close friends are breaking up to like 23 on the Billboard chart. Yeah. They come back nice. from their tour. They're still All right, since you won't do it, I'll when fucking name drop. They're still my friend Alex houses. plays uh, guitar back. for Miranda Lambert, and one of the nicest is. guys ever absolutely deserves it, and she's got tons of number one hits. So if you're in the top 10, you could be making some mad money. Below that, probably not making yeah, money. It's, it's, it's like the uh, Remember top 40 class radio? system. There's no middle class in music. Top radio you know? plays the top 10, 15... There's no top 40 radio. They right. play the same few 25 songs. 25 songs is the uh, rotation, rotation for most. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least but the ones below 15 are barely getting played. Yeah. You have to buy time, pretty much. It's a okay, machine. So, uh, it's not about... Y'all are going to make uh, me angry again. Uh, just hold off. But you know what? We will say that there's more great music now than ever. You just got to search it out. And they're well, not making money, but there's this. great. Yeah, we have. Just so We've many... It gets lost because there's so many outlets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what was the name of what was the worst band name for any band that you played for? Oh my God! Maybe when I was a kid, like the Ultraviolets. I was gonna say it had to start with a V. <laughs> the Ultraviolets. I played in a band for years called Black Orchid Recital. Uh, can I guess uh, what kind of music it was? You can totally guess. I don't know. French horn quintet. We had nine French horn players. That's really gay. <laughs> nine. Is it was kind of a goth, it was not kind of like a gothy. Wait, that, that's like a normal gothy, Saturday night at my house. Ethereal, maybe later industrial. But then we dropped that recital part. Then was still mediocre. Shoe gazing <laughs> French horners. Okay. Uh, what's the longest time you ever spent with a band? One band? Yeah. Wow. I wish I could say it was. Well, it's hard to answer that. I had a band that we played regularly for about three years but we still okay. play like we did we spent we spent 11 years without playing and then we played again in 2009 to a packed house fun and then we were, we're supposed to we're playing again in june probably right. made more money now uh, after not having played the yeah, right. you know grinding at right. it um how many records have you been recorded on like uh, bookshelf oh, records well, okay, so bands I was in, mm-hmm. first band we had. You can ballpark We it. had, I don't know, a handful of recording sessions. Second one, two, we had a CD, full CD, full length, and then we had an EP, and then we had a song Three. on a compilation. Four. But then, lived in New York for a while, and I tracked for a lot of stuff that ended up being electronic with real drums that they would cut up and do whatever they wanted with. So there's a lot of vinyl-only releases that I'm on that... Do uh, you have copies of all that stuff? Not all Still. of it, not all of it. How do you not? I yeah. mean... I have copies of. Well, th- here's the thing: when you're you didn't think of it, it was important then. I guess when you're, you're passionate bad. about your band and it's your baby, then you, you you love it. It's like a child. You're going in for a session. You're like, oh, hey, do whatever you want with it. See, it's weird. As a, I, of course, I have zero musical talent, but as a painter, I have every single program from every show I've ever done. It's backup. What kind of painting are you even, doing? Even even bad. Oh, horrible. No, but you're so you're horrible. doing. On canvas. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I, every show I've ever done, anything that has been in the newspaper, I, I have everything. Help me understand what a painting show well, is. Well, how else am I supposed to master What's it? What's a painting show? Yeah. Uh, 
What do you mean? You said you're a painter in every show you yeah. ever did. What's a painting show? Well, like an like an exhibition, like you know, like ah, a group show right, okay. or a solo show. Or so. Yeah, yeah. Hey, who pays for that? The depends the on the owner gallery. of the place. Yeah, the owner. We're gonna allow yeah. you to present your stuff tonight. Yeah. And did you have a rep? Yeah. No, no, no. I definitely have never been good enough to have any kind of management or anything. No, no. Just do it and hope somebody buys something, you know? Uh, Ty, did you ever have to wear uh, an outfit or costume (laughs) for any bands that you were ever in? I chose to wear a mullet wig for a few shows. That's hot. Yeah, it went over quite well. We actually had, this is in 19... 96 or so, we had a show, a song called Mullet. You know what? This is a typical rock and roll story, right? We wrote we yeah. wrote this song, Mullet. It was like a joke. It took us 20 minutes to write it. We went to the studio to record for a, um, for a compilation disc. We recorded one, a newer song that we thought could be a hit. And then um, we had some extra time. So we recorded this Mullet song, B-side, whatever. Not too long after that, we're playing live. Everybody's screaming, mullet, 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 play mullet. We play it. Everyone's singing along. <laughs> they know bird. all the fucking lyrics. We finish that. We go beyond that into the set. They're still screaming mullet. That's all they wanted. You don't get to pick your fans, and you don't get to pick what they like either. <laughs> people like it when you make fun of other people. Uh, have you ever... I uh, would say that that was before that term was very popular. Have you ever shared a drum kit with, like, you know, when they backline the headliner uses their kit and have you ever had a a drummer say don't fucking touch shit up here it's my goddamn kit (laughs) i don't think i would play i wouldn't play on that kit you You just set up in front of it well i I don't want to touch somebody else's kit that doesn't want me to touch it um that's because i I, i'm like an animal i'll beat the shit are you a hard hitter yeah i'm too hard got it all right keith moon I, i get bloody um is there anything more annoying than a sound check of a drummer (laughs) <laughs> no, no. You know what? You know, only if you are the drummer. Everybody knows that answer. <laughs> uh, do you play a big kit, uh, five piece? How, how you set up? Right now, it's pretty minimal. Um, I've never played a huge kit. Traditionally, back in the day, I would play a five kit and, believe it or not, roto toms and then a couple of crashes, a ride, and hi hats. That was okay. it. But can you uh, do double bass? Like, I choose not to. I'm pretty good with one foot. Yeah, uh, what's the guy from Led Zeppelin? He was a master at that. What is his name, anyway? Is it John Paul Jones? Led Weplin? <laughs> it didn't. Uh, Slayer, the, the guy from... Fuck S- you and fuck you. Um, <laughs> the guy John from Bonham Sl- was yeah. obviously an yeah. incredible drummer, very influential, but I don't think he was famous for being fast with one foot. Have and you ever played They're any, not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, by the way. Have you ever played any country? <laughs> well, listen, if you if you love music and you're a musician, you better... I would hope you're interested in all kinds of music. Damn right. Even our goth band played country stuff. Damn stuff. right. Let me tell you the worst goth crap I've ever heard, <laughs> and it was yesterday, and I forgot about it. it, it and speaking of 1996, it is Typo Negative's cover oh. of Cinnamon Girl. It is absolutely... Oh, awesome. so bad. So bad. That whole band... That whole band. I, well, I've, it was never, a look I've never liked thing. Them. Never liked I, them. Well, it, it had its time you know and what, place. They had a song or two. In I was 90, a huge 1995? I wouldn't even call right? them goth, but they had that dark, dark, right. like metally goth. Right. Got the metal you know, they, they were Romstein light, is what they are. Mm-hmm. You know? Ha! <laughs> yeah, without the industrial <laughs> and pure satanic evil 
racist vibe. Yeah, if you'll indulge me for a second, I'll leave you alone about the band stuff. But uh, here's a little cinnamon girl. What I'd like to do oh is God, hear a little of this it. song you're and then fucking play it. Uh, I wanna, I wanna come back with one more little thing. Okay. On this song, it's horrible. I think they. I'm hoping they have more better stuff in their canon than that. I'm familiar with better stuff in their canon. I saw them open up for uh, Pantera one time, and the uh, lead singer is about six. He goes like six five. I think he's dead too. Rest yeah. in peace, my man. No, Phil uh, Anselmo. He went to my. He went to high school. No, not well. I'm, Grace I'm King about High Ty- School, New Orleans. I'm talking about Typo's guy. guy. I think he's also on. dead. But um, he he did virtually nothing on stage. Just stood there and looked scary as fuck. <laughs> All right, let me turn this well, off. Well, Germ- Germans have a way of doing that. Uh, is that German? Uh, no. no. But he feels German. <laughs> well, I know his, his blood type, that's for sure. It's typo negative. Uh, okay, uh, so I need to press play here. Yeah. Sounds like Soundgarden. <laughs> I didn't see that. Uh, I like this. Uh, little tool, little helmet, maybe. Yeah, little sure, sure. I hear that. That's a band I miss. Helmet? Yeah. He's singing into one of those uh, harmonica mics. It's kind of like yeah. you're, you're looking at it. It's exactly right. Yeah, I remember seeing, uh, what was this? 1992, I saw a Helmet and Fire Hose, which was fucking awesome. I love Fire Hose. They, they were fantastic. They're a very underrated band, and I wish people remembered them a little bit more. Minutemen get all the props, but I like Fire, Fire House. This, is, so you who, on, this is, is you on drums, Ty, right? It, I am the drummer of this you're band. A, you're a front beat drummer. Well, in this song. Also, you're a drummer and you don't sleep on anybody's couch currently. Good for you. It's a good beat. Sorry, you make me uncomfortable. It's a good mix. Yeah. Uh, did you have a producer for this or did you guys kind of collaborate and do it yourself? We were, so I, I came out of that goth band, right, that I was also the manager of. We weren't all that successful, although I was really into those songs. And so I had all these relationships with tours and what this and that. But when I joined this band, I refused to do any of that. And nobody in the band knew how to do any of it or tried any of that. So here's the thing. 
So you were we just, a rudderless ship. We just ship. wanted to have. We were totally rudderless. But the albums were recorded free. The videos free. The all the attention we got, we got put on tour with people because they, they wanted us. We played with some great, incredible bands. Um, had we put any effort to it into it, we probably would have had a little more right. success. But we did all right. We had some airplay all up the you know north northeast sea coast. And really. Around, but not too much out west. But that's very 1996. You, your shirt has a <laughs> zipper instead of buttons. Ah, uh, sexy. Uh, not hating. <laughs> not hating. It's okay because I didn't even get that reference. It's not a reference. Uh, it's just an observation. <laughs> You're a zipper. Your uh, your uh, kit's low. Your your hi hat's kind of low. That, like that hip is a, a stripped down. I'm only using what I needed for that. So it's just a floor tom, <laughs> a kick. I like it. I like it. One symbol and a hi hat. Little goose gas, goose gas, my friend. <laughs> That's the pyrocleptics. You can find it on YouTube. Pyrocleptics. We will be playing again. We in steal Atlanta fireworks in for a living. <laughs> well, we still. Oh, did you say y'all there's always play. somebody in the Where group. are y'all going to play, Atlanta? We're going to play at the Star Bar, most likely. Shit, yes. Shit. I, I love seeing shows in Atlanta. It will be a sold out. Yeah, uh, with a very, I love very cool crowd there. Yeah, I love seeing shows in Atlanta, but Georgia is. Wait, why? Why are you saying that? I'm well, curious to hear. What okay, the crowds in Georgia are amazing. Every single time I've ever seen a show in Georgia, uh, I've seen shows in Atlanta. I've seen them in Athens. Every single time, had a fantastic time. The Atlanta They're of today. Appreciators of the Atlanta of today is nothing like the Atlanta. Of the That's 90s. what I've heard. It was uh, uh, before hipster was cool, if you'll let me say that. It was a hip I, crowd that would I stay in the back it. of the room, <laughs> too cool to, to rush the stage unless, you know, the singer begged for it, which is totally appropriate. Um, but it was a lot of people, you know, with the thumbs. Shoegazers. Uh, line. Yeah, shoegazing. No, not shoegazing, but yeah. nodding, loving well, it. You know what's with funny approval. is Athens, I've always thought that Athens, Georgia is one of the... A lot of people talk about Portland being the uh, birth of indie and the birth of hipster. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that Athens actually is the birth of that. Yeah, you're, I, I you're, would, you're not going to like this, Arian. but widespread panic came from oh, Athens, and, but they supported the living that's shit out of them. That's not hipster, though. That's not hipster I know, at all. but that they Something supported else. that, and they actually have the key to the city, whatever the fuck that means. But Well, Athens, uh, Athens at a, the same a, exact time of Montreal... Athens is a bit of an anomaly. Yeah, you had the B-52s, you yeah. had R.E.M., you had, a, yeah. Yeah. you had a lot of great, interesting... But, you know, nobody gets signed out of Athens. I mean, they go to they play in Athens, they do better in Atlanta, and yeah. they, they move on. Um, low five points. Is unbelievable. Shout out to Lil, Lil Five Points Pizza. Love that shit. I love me some Atlanta, man. We had a great time in the 90s. The 90s, before, Atlanta blew the fuck up right after the Olympics. Right. It's crazy. Uh, literally. You know, I worked for a It literally blew company. the fuck up uh, after. Thanks, the Richard Jewell. <laughs> He's innocent. The, uh, there was a, a, a place north in North Atlanta called like Peach something or other. Uh, it, it was sort of a, like our fourth street here in Austin, like a, a newer kind of cool hip area. And then I went there in like, Oh eight, oh nine, and it had completely deteriorated. Asking what the name of something in Atlanta with the uh, it was called a beach port, beach port, port, whatever. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Beats me. Uh, What's left? I I don't think anything else is. I think we've done with dessert. Okay. All right. Episode forty-one, part two. Really, if you count 
part one and part two, we're probably on episode 80 by now. <laughs> 80.62. Yeah, three. I mean, you could either eat a whole pie or 20 pieces of pie. If you're still listening, I hope that was some great weed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you want to get out on, guys? Um, I have to Tell be me your least favorite you. liquor and yours. My least favorite liquor? <sighs> yes. I, I think I, I know, know what I have is. one of those. You already know what mine is. Yep. Fucking fireball. Okay. Anything with the word pucker in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Uh, let's get out of here on some EDM because Bob loves it so much. So angry. Shameless plug, everybody so doing Altoids because that's what we're doing right now. I love you guys. So uh, thanks for coming to do it. Uh, no, thank please you. Come back, be a frequent contributor type. Fuss. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Adios. Picking up my fro with my fist comb. I got a tab at the stone, baby, this long. My little brother was having a little trouble. I hope that he doesn't care that it's in this song. Koreatown lunch and talking about how to run things. He said Atlanta wanted something. Walker G's in your future got the streets locked down. Copycats making sure tip keep that crown. I'm fucking around with the truth. Went to see the roots. Quest brought me back on stage in a suit. I went hard because niggas say that I'm soft. Even black thought thought I'm aiming a little hard. I gotta be honest. Feeling like the other stuff is kind of behind us. Making jokes here and there, then got us some dollars. Trying to show the whole world what it is and it ain't a game. He said, homie, stay the course, ain't shit changed. Weird night and everybody was tipsy. Hanging out with Questlove, reminiscing about Whitney. He like, man, we can even make it to 50? That reminds me, I sent a long text message to my mom and pop. I got the same speech when I left 30 Rock. My mom like, why you want to leave a good job? My dad like, do your thing, boy, don't stop. Shout out to my nigga Lou, shout out to my nigga Swank. For hanging at the crib and telling me what you think. Speak from your heart and never compromise what you feel is real. And never let these white people tell you how to feel. Never let anybody tell you how to feel. I wanted what they had back in the fourth grade. Family vacays, you know I did it all. Just to see my little sis by a waterfall My great granddad bought his own freedom Walked barefoot to Virginia to start his own peanut farm So don't be alarmed, man, I'm royalty Jam of the week, V103, no cosign